Great mercy and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You've already heard much of what's in the parable, and today I'd like to focus on the Word of God and the power that God puts into that Word. The Old Testament reading is, 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 a, is a new selection. It really doesn't tie in all that much to the other two readings. But even there we see the Word of God. Because God promises Rebecca, your two sons, this is what's going to happen to them. This is going to happen to their family. And happen. Jacob became the father of Israel. Esau, the father of the Edomites. And as history played out, God's word was fulfilled. When God said something, it happened. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. What does he do? He says, let there be light. Boom, there's light. There's power that he connects with his word. If he says something, it's going to happen. And you look at that first reading, and you see how dysfunctional that family is. How stupid the parents were. How deceitful Jacob was. How idiotic Esau was. You go, huh? And yet, through all of that, God accomplishes his promises. There's power in the word. You can trust his word. It will happen. Now the reading that used to be part of the Old Testament selections is this one. One of my favorite passages, Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. There's a rain and the snow come down from heaven. Giving seed to the sower, bread to the eater, so shall my word be. It goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and prosper in the thing for which I set it. God's word has power. You want proof of it? Look around in this room. Now, there may be several reasons why you are here today. But one of them is because God, through His Word, has come into your life and changed it, transformed it, converted it. So that you want to be here to rejoice, to be fortified, to be encouraged, to hear God's Word of forgiveness, to hear that God loves you. And that in him there is life. And through his son's death and resurrection, there is life. Abundant life now and forever. And that comes about because God's word has taken root in us and has been nurtured, it has grown, it is producing fruit. Another part of this is how generous God is with his word. 
I don't have sunflower seed. I've got grass seed that they've coated with something that makes it blue, but it supposedly helps it absorb moisture more and grow better. This grass seed. When you and I plant grass, we usually don't take one seed, put it down, and say, oh, isn't that great? put a little bit of dirt on it and make sure there's a little bit of moisture there and it gets enough sun day by day. We take this stuff and we scatter it. Now you're going to replace your carbonate, so maybe I should just throw this grass <laughs> down here. But that's what God does with his word. Boom, it's out there. Cover the whole world. There is no part of the world that does not have access to God's word. And if something takes root, it grows. Not everybody, but he made. But that doesn't stop God from scattering his word, scattering that seed through us. And it comes into the lives of people in our lives and it changes us. If you look at that second reading for today, there in Romans. St. Paul talking about being set free, living according to the Spirit, setting our minds on the things of the Spirit, on life and peace, and knowing that we are given life, eternal life, in Jesus Christ. And motivated by love, by gratitude, by that good news, we in turn sow the seed, so that others too might know and believe. What happens when we do that? Well, the same thing that happens when the Word of God comes to us. Sometimes that Word of God bounces off hearts that are really hard. We've got attitudes, we've got priorities, we have values, that are not consistent with God's Word. And we're not ready to let Him change us. A century ago, settlement engaged in the lumbering business. The town wanted a church, so they built one called a minister. The preacher was well received until one day he had to see some of his parishioners clawing onto the bank of the river. Some logs had been floating down the river from another logging site upstream. Each log was marked with the owner's stamp on one end. To his great distress, the pastor saw his members pulling in the logs and sawing off the end where the stamp was. They're stealing the logs. So the next Sunday he prepared a sermon on the text, Thou shalt not steal. At the close of the services, people lined up and congratulated him. A wonderful message, mighty fine preaching. However, During the next week, the preacher saw his parishioners continuing to steal logs. And that bothered him. So 
So he went home and worked on a sermon for the following week. The topic was, Thou shalt not cut off the end of thy neighbor's logs. <laughs> and when he got through, they ran him out of town. What do we do? We run across something where God says, This is what I want you to do. Or this is what I don't want you to do. What happened? Years ago, I it was in, I was going through a Bible passage that listed some sins. And one of them was homosexual behavior. I just read it. There it is, the Word of God. It went on. I wasn't preaching on that. It was just part of the setting. A few days later, I visited a woman who had been worshiping for a few weeks with us. She said, you know that, that homosexual activity passage, I don't accept that. I believe that you should live and let live. Go ahead and behave the way you want to. And I said, now you're arguing with God. It wasn't my statement, it was God's statement. She solved that by not coming to church anymore. What do we do? God tells us to practice stewardship of what He's provided for us. How wise are we in our stewardship? He says we need to be reading, marking, learning, inwardly digesting His Word. Are we doing that with the Word of God? Making it part of our diet, or are we starving spiritually? How are we doing in terms of letting the Word of God grow in us and shape us and transform us so that we become more consistent in our obedience, more willing to follow Him, more eager? share the word of God with others. The seed sometimes just bounces off us, doesn't it? Or we let things crowd out Jesus and shoulder him aside. I missed you in church. Why are, what's happening? Well, I got busy at work or I got involved in a group and they do things on Sunday or you know, I just I'm you know, just taking a break. <coughs> taking a break from church? <coughs> taking a break from God? Uh oh. in our hearts and in our minds. <laughs> we become complacent and we compromise and we think we're too busy. I think it's a quote from C.S. Lewis in Screwtape Letters. And he's got the senior devil 
talking to the junior devils. With human beings, don't tell them there's no such thing as religion. Tell them there's plenty of time. Plenty of time to get right with God. You can wait until after your business is going well. You can wait until you're retired. You can wait until your family's grown. You can wait. There's plenty of time to get right with God. Plenty of time to get involved in worshiping the Lord. Plenty of time to get back to the Bible. Really? How long are you going to live? How much time do you have left to get back to God? I've had people say that to me. Oh, I've got time. I'm too busy. I'm too wrapped up in these other things. And when I'm old and gray, then I'll get back to God. Really? Do you realize that I've had funerals for people younger than you? We listen to God's word. That's what we're called to do. <laughs> Isn't Jesus saying that? Listen to understand the impact of the parable. That God is coming with his word to speak to us. And to nurture that word. And to let it grow. And to let it produce fruit. As we share the good news of God's word with others, are we doing that? My sister walked away from the Lord yeah, 40 years ago. Quite content, not to have anything to do with God. I pray for her. My witness to her, she gets very uptight, very angry. Wants that even less to do with me. It's probably going to take somebody else to get through to her. But I pray for her. Our calling is to present that word. Maybe in handfuls, maybe one seed at a time, but to present the word of God, the good news of salvation, God's warning, but also God's promise of love and forgiveness. I may never be asked to preach here again, so this is my one shot. <laughs> I have an assignment for you. Also gave it to the people of the first service. Is there one person in your life who's not walking with the Lord? Will you pray for that person? Maybe you already are. Maybe you're already praying for that person. Pray for that person. 
They're not walking with God. Who may never have been a Christian, or like my sister was a Christian, and then walked away from God. Pray for that one person. That the word of God might be able to take root to that person's life and be nurtured and grown. So that person might also know the Lord and know his love and his forgiveness in his life. You have a person in mind? Are you willing to pray for that person regularly? So that the Spirit of God through the Word of God can come into that person's life transform and change. Maybe not like this kid, but maybe like this kid. woman said her five-year-old son who had heard in church the response. The pastor says, in Christ's name you are forgiven, and the congregation says, in Christ's name you are forgiven. So the woman takes her five-year-old son to the grocery store and she's out here shopping and she finds her five-year-old son going down the aisle saying to one shopper after another, in Christ's name you are forgiven. And the woman was embarrassed. But shouldn't have been. Because somewhere along the line, and probably at least the mind of one of those people who heard that pronouncement, there had to be something that started stirring. What's that little kid talking about? Forgiveness? And the Holy Spirit's able to start working and changing. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to the grocery store and go from one person to another saying, in Christ's name you are forgiven, because I probably get escorted out pretty quickly. But somehow, you and I need to be getting the word of God to people, to this individual, to that group, so that the power of God Working through that word can touch lives and change lives. As it bears fruit. Gonna pray? You gonna pray for that one person? The good news is that God loves you. And me. And then he comes into our lives with this word telling us over and over again the good news of salvation and forgiveness and eternal life. And that motivates us in turn to share that good news with others. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.